psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power, but we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to a new episode of Mike Adelic. I'm your host, Mike Brancatelli. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for checking out the show. Welcome, welcome. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Hope everybody is feeling good and having a nice summer. Um, got a great show for you today. Uh, it's just going to be me, solo cast, um, but uh, going to dive into a lot. And I got some news, and we got some listener questions. Um, so thank you. Thank you to everybody who supports the show. Um, thank you. We have 111 five-star reviews on iTunes. Um, I just found this out, actually. I think that uh, iTunes like bumps you up into the ranking, whatever category you're in. I think we're in society and culture or, or philosophy or something like that. But if, like... 10 or 20 people or 30 people or whatever go and leave iTunes reviews, um, then the, the more people doing it uh, in a shorter period of time increases the odds for Mikeadelic to get sent up into the, into the higher rankings of, of, uh, of iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts as it's called now. And a um, and, uh, better chance for people to find the show. Uh, you know, I don't to spend any money on on marketing the show um i really just rely on like word of mouth and people discovering it whether it's on itunes or apple Podcasts or spotify or google or wherever youtube um uh and you guys for you know telling people about it and sharing it and those sorts of things but a good way to spread this show is to go ahead over to apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and review or just a five-star rating if you want you don't have to write a review just a five-star rating would do and uh and if we get a lot of those in a short period of time it, it helps bump up the podcast and and uh, i think it even might send it into like what's trending or what's hot or something like that on apple Podcasts. so um there's that and then <clears throat> patreon thank you to all my patreon supporters uh, you guys, uh, you know, make this show possible. So I can't do it without you. Thank you so much. Um, and for thank you to everybody who has contributed in the past um, and maybe can no longer contribute. Every, any contribution is, is um, you know, do, it doesn't go unnoticed. It's, it's a much help, whatever you can contribute. Uh, I don't have any advertisers for the show. 
and um, yeah, just rely on donations. And those donations have helped me buy an extra mic, a better pair of headphones, um, some software, and some other stuff that I use for the show, uh, some portable gear, things like that. Um, so it's all going back into the show to try and uh, make the show better. Uh, and the more people that uh, contribute, it's uh, it's good. It's just a way of uh, you know if you if you care about what's going on on the show, if you care about the message, then it's a good way to 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 do that and to help spread it and get it to more people. Um, okay, yeah, and uh, big news time. Uh, so as many of you know who listen to this show, I spent some time down in Peru in the Amazon jungle working with ayahuasca. Uh, I will be returning. I will be returning for a long period of time, uh, six months at the least, maybe more. Um, and uh, I will be, I'll be down there. I will be at the Temple of the Way of Light. I will be uh, working there, and um, I'll, I will be releasing podcast episodes. I think before I left the last time, I really had a plan of what I wanted to do, and I didn't really execute on that plan. Um, because I, I had some mixed feelings about what I wanted to say and, and what I wanted to share. And I think this time I'm feeling a little bit differently. This time I'm feeling a little bit more motivated to go down there and really let it all out uh, and, and record as much as possible uh, with myself and uh, other people. Um, but uh, really, I want to give you guys a chance to uh, you know, get in the experience as much as possible. Um, so, for example, if I'm having if I have a, you know, a profound uh, ayahuasca ceremony experience, uh, I, I want to recount that experience. Um, I think last time I didn't really do that because I, I had some hesitations about, you know, uh, telling sort of fantastical stories um, uh, and maybe giving people the wrong impression or something like that. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I just, I was just thinking that I was going to hold on to a lot of stuff and then I actually never wound up really telling those stories. Um, but I think this time that's going to be different. I'm, I'm going to try and uh, share as much as possible when I'm down there um, because you guys matter to me. This show matters to me, and I want to keep it going as, uh, as frequently as I possibly can. That being said, it, it would be a huge help uh, if you could go to patreon.com and support the show for as little as a dollar a month, um, you know, if everybody that listened to this show gave a dollar a month, we would be in a tremendous position. It would be fantastic. Um, I understand that, like, you know, some people just can't or they don't want to take the time to do it because you have to go to a website and click things or whatever. And, you know, it also kind of sounds like, to me, I, I remember when I first heard of Patreon, I just thought, like, well, this is just kind of a way of, like, begging, isn't it? But, <laughs> but uh but no, I, I really think of it more as like uh, as just supporting what you care about, supporting you know something that you think has value. Uh, so if you think it has value and uh, you want to support the show, it would be great for me because I'm going to be living in the jungle, uh, and I'm going to be working at the temple, and um, you know it would just be a, a, a nice extra source of uh, of of income, so I could buy a couple extra plantains for myself or or whatever. Um, but anyway, you know, uh, that, that's, that's just one, uh, one way that you could show support. I think, you know, always the best way is to just, you know, share it and tell people about it if you, if you find value from it. Um, 
but thank you thank you thank you to everybody who does do that um it's it's amazing it's i'm always blown away um so yeah today i you know i've been thinking about doing a podcast episode and you know um oftentimes it's it's always interesting you know for me when i tell people i i i have a podcast or you know people ask what i do and then you know it's oh yeah you have a pod you know i'm out i'm in a social situation maybe having a couple drinks with some people that aren't really you know geared into the mycadelic universe you know the kind of things that we talk about and oh what's your podcast about or what do you talk about or oh who do you have on your show and these sorts of things and you know i kind of i tell them about it and then you know i'm always wondering like i wonder what they think when they go and they listen to it like what because the things that that we talk about on this show aren't necess- aren't discussed you know a lot of the times when i'm hanging out with people who uh in social situations you know where i'm not really getting into these sorts of topics or or having these kinds of conversations and you know that's that reminded me of why i love podcasting so much is because we can talk about these things and we we can create room to talk about all kinds of things and we can dive really deep and we can talk about whatever we want and and a lot of the times the the a lot of the social situations that we find ourselves in don't really allow for that or don't really you know foster that kind of dialogue. So it's good. It's uh, it's oh, I mean it's interesting. You know it's like oh yeah, what do you do a, a podcast about? Oh, it's mycadelic. You know sometimes I have some guests on. You know and then they go and check it out and they look at the last episode I released. The shadow reaches all the way down to hell. And it's like okay. What the hell is this about? <laughs> this guy's two hours talking about how he has trying to integrate his shadow. All right. Well, what is a shadow? What is this? Um, yeah, I just, I just find that, that interesting because I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty different person, I guess, when I'm, when I'm out and about and, you know, mingling and, and meeting people and stuff. And, and, uh, and then, you know, the show is just something that's completely different. So it's, it's, it's funny. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I've just been, I, I've always gotten a lot of positive feedback from the solo shows and I've really appreciated them because I, I do enjoy them a lot. Um, I think oftentimes I felt that there, you know, as far as guests on the show, I really only reached out to guests that I really, really, really wanted to talk to. But then I, but then some guests some guests reached out to me and then sometimes I, I, I just felt like, oh, well, you know, I feel like I'm in, maybe I just need to get a guest for this week or I don't know. I kind of maybe just like, I, I wasn't thinking about it too deeply and I just got in this mode of like, oh, I just need to get another guest or another guest. And, and I think that's, that's all, you know, that's all great. You know, I think that a lot of, a lot of podcasts may, are like interview formats like that. I mean, I, I would, I would think that a lot of podcasts are probably interview formats with guests or just a, a bunch of people sitting around talking, maybe like, you know, a comedy podcast where there's like three or four comedians sitting around talking, um, or maybe like a podcast where there's two people, uh, you know, going over something. But I don't know how common it is for a podcast where there's just a guy like me who's just sort of doing these solo kinds of shows and, and talking about, uh, my personal life and, and larger, uh, bigger, bigger picture topics and stuff. So, um, 
So yeah, I don't know. I I just I always think that's funny when someone's like, oh yeah, oh podcast. Yeah, I love podcasts. Yeah, I listen to I listen to some podcasts. Like, well, maybe I'll check yours out, and then they check mine out, and it's like, you know, this podcast isn't for everyone. It's just I know that, you know, it's it's not. It's uh, the the stuff that we talk about here is is um, I think it's just for a particular kind of person. Um. Well, cool. I I uh I have I have not been on social media, uh in a in a long time. I've sort of cut my ties, especially Twitter. I haven't been on Twitter in forever, and I used to be on Twitter all the time. So if anyone's trying to contact me on Twitter, I have not checked Twitter. Uh, so the best way to get in touch with me would be to email me, go to my website, and contact me uh, that way, or send me uh, Instagram. I have because my little nieces and and nephews. There's got to be a better way to say nieces and, and nephew because I have one nephew and two nieces. So can we just say my knees? My knees. My knees are on, uh, on Instagram, so I have to stay in touch with, the, with those cuties to see what they're doing. Um, and that's why I keep Instagram around. But, and Facebook I check occasionally, but I definitely don't post as frequently as I used to. Um, so I don't know, maybe... I should think of a, a better, like, streamlined way to do everything in one place. I was thinking about maybe coming up with, like, a group page. I think that might be something that might be good. So maybe I'll do that. And then this way, when I'm away, you guys can talk and discuss on the group page. Um, but I actually, I just wanted to see if anyone wanted to uh, ask any questions. So I threw, I threw that out on the Facebook page. Um, and I got a couple, a couple questions. So I'll just... Uh, I'll just read some some questions. We'll start off the show like that, and then I and then we'll get when we get into the show about what I want to talk about. The the really what I want to talk about is everything. Uh, so this this show I was thinking about like titling it "The State of the World Today" or or something like that. You know, I just um I kind of want to give my like State of the Union address. And and just talk about every single thing under the sun uh, about what's going on and 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 all that. So let's get to some questions. Uh, so one question was from uh, Hell Van Heaven, <laughs> good buddy of mine. Um, talked to him recently, so glad he's doing well. Shout out to you, brother. Thank you for your support. Um, he says. Uh, what is your idea slash experience on the self and higher self? In other words, do you have any opinion on the soul living in a soul carrier of the body in relation to the super soul or the universal self encompassing the whole universe, even all the universes? Are there two or is all one or one and in the same time or one? Are, are there two? Or is all one or one in the same time different? Okay, sorry, I, read, I stumbled along that. Uh, like the Indians in India phrase, same, same, but different. This question requires to look beyond religions uh, to the other sight-seeking or entering spiritual realms. Hmm. Okay, well. Um, yes, next question. <laughs> Man, that's that's huge. Uh, let's just start with the top here. What is your idea slash experience on the self and higher self? Um, in other words, do you have any opinion on the soul 
living in a soul carrier, the body, in relation to the super soul or universal self encompassing the whole universe or even universes? Well, that's a really good question. And, you know, I think that my whole life I've, I've been interested in uh, the fundamental questions of existence. Who are we? Why are we here? For what purpose? What meaning? Uh, where did we come from? Where do we go? Cotton Eye Joe. Um, <laughs> you know, all of those big questions I'm fascinated by. And anybody that seems like they're on the right track. And that's an interesting question, right? It's like, how do, how do I know that somebody seems like they're on the right track? What does that even mean? Like when we, when we hear somebody talk about these things that are, you know, they're not provable. You, 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 we have never had proof of somebody uh, saying that they died, they went to heaven, and they recounted the tale. I mean, I'm sure some people have made claims of that, but we have not had any tangible evidence um, for this happening that we can all look at and say, oh, okay, cool. Um, so, but there are people out there that talk in ways that, that make us say, ah, aha. Or there's experiences we have, psychedelic experiences, um, like, for example, an ayahuasca experience, where you have a certain sort of, for like, you know, just to repeat the same word, you have a certain sort of experience, and then you say, oh, yeah. And, I, and I've always found that to be the case. I've always found that psychedelics have brought me to a place of remembering. And not necessarily of, of a place of like total newness, but a place of, of warm, comforting, loving, remembering. And, you know, we can make our, our best guesses to what this is, what this means. And I think that the more and more people that have these experiences, then when somebody comes along that's able to use the human language in such a way that really articulates it perfectly, then we say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm getting that feeling, right? And so for me, this, uh, this notion of self, higher self, soul, you know, body, um, I, I, I'll tell you what, I, I don't fall into, I don't fall into the camp of like, well, you know, we're all just love and light beings who, you know, we're, we're, we're eternal energy and light and we're just, we're just incarnated in a human body and a human experience, you know, in other words, is like, this is this meat sack that we're in. It's just, it's just like a ship. It's just, it's just a suit that we're wearing and we're really something else, you know, and, and maybe we are, I think, I think that actually, you know, that there is some truth to that, right? But I don't like to fall into that, fall in love with that idea and then showcase it as the truth or the idea, because I think that it, it, that causes you to reject the self, the body you know, the physical human game experience that you can have and, and sort of hang on to this 
fantasy of being this uh, light being of energy that will return to the cosmos one day and i don't i mean yeah like like maybe maybe that's true but you know the, the one thing that we know for certain is that we're here now and we're in this we're in this body and we you know we are this body you know and um and so that sort of idea just it's like it just it, it almost it almost sounds like you know, a Christian idea of like the afterlife or, you know, it's like just living this life as, as like a commuter, as a passerby, we're just in some vehicle and, you know, that there's something else that's greater and bigger. And, and I think that while that might be true, it's, I don't like attaching onto the idea of, of leaving my sort of primal, uh, human self behind while I just, you know, daydream about being a star in the sky. Uh, I don't really think that totally, I don't really, that doesn't really do it for me. You know, I, I think that, um, I think that we have to go by what we know for certain. And also, you know, I've said this about the religions that, that talk about the afterlife and stuff. It's like, why would you gamble? You know, play the, play the hand that you're dealt, you know, for certain that you're here now and you're having an experience now. And you know that you're able to interact in the world and communicate and influence and persuade and make things happen and, you know, do all kinds of different things. So have the experience here and now. And whatever comes after, comes after. You know, whatever we are that we're going to return back to, it sure as hell won't be through the lens of this experience. So we won't be able to perceive it in the same way. We won't be able to think about it like we're thinking about it now. We're just going to return to the cosmic infinite goo of, of this breathing honeycomb web of, of circuitry that, 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 that exists beyond human comprehension and beyond form and beyond the mind and everything. And so I, I don't like to get so hung up in that sort of stuff. But the idea of a, a higher self, when I think of the idea of a higher self, I, to me, that means the, the best of what you can be. How, how can you best take advantage of this opportunity that you've been given, this, this being that you inhabit? You know, there's the higher self, and I sort of talked to this on the, on the last show, right? There's the higher self, and that higher self is the, the most amount of good that you can do, the best kind of person that you could be. That you know, how can you maximize your your time here to uh, to let all of your skills and creativity and talent out? Um, I think if you know that's the the highest good, the highest self. Um, and then I you know I would think that you know there's there's the lower self, and the lower self is something that I think that the, the our mainstream civilization is is built upon catering to people people's lower selves um and while that's i think that's fine i guess i don't think it's necessarily the most noble thing that you can do i don't think it's really the most gracious thing that you can do to a person i think the most the, the best gift that you could give somebody 
is the gift of uh, inspiration and encouragement and opportunity to strive for the higher self, to reach for the stars, to, to, to encourage people and foster you know, situations that, in, that, that, that cause people to want to reach up to their higher selves. And that's, I think, how we build a better um, civilization on this planet. <clears throat> living soul carrier, the body, uh, super soul universe. Okay, right. So, yeah, I, I think that, um, I think that, uh, that we, you know, we, we live in, we live in this world of paradox. You know, I think that we live in such a mysterious world, a world that I don't, I don't think that we're ever really going to understand. I don't think that's the point of being in this game. I don't think the point is to know how ever, you know, once, you, once you've beaten the game, then you don't want to play the game anymore. It just becomes boring, right? Once you, once you, if you were to know everything, then it, would, it loses its, its luster. It loses its fun. You know, if, if, if you really wanted to have a rewarding and challenging experience, then you want to really go for that thing on your own. You don't want somebody to give you the answers or, you know, even if you were seeking the answers and, and you were to find out somehow on your own, I think that it's, it diminishes uh, something that's, I think, necessary for, for joy and, and for um, meaning. And that is like a, a certain element of mystery and wonder. And I think that I think the universe or multiverse or whatever it is that we're living in, I think that it, it is a it is a ultimate trickster. It's an ultimate like, okay, go down, go down this road, check out this stuff. Oh man, it just it just it's a Rubik's cube. It changed, the sides changed. It's a totally different thing. Not what you expected, you know? It, it's constantly morphing and changing and and moving and so I, I just think that, um, I think we, we, we definitely live in this world of like, of, of total paradox where it's like, we are, we are these things that are, you know, we're like animals, we're mammals, we're homo sapiens, we have hair and we skin and, you know, we breathe and bleed blood. I mean, you know, like we're, we're these things that live on this, this planet that, and um but we have the, the capability to imagine and create and discuss and communicate and collaborate to build things that that exist bigger than our individual selves it's just a matter of what we want to what we want to build to make that happen you know do we want do we want to build things that we wind up serving or do we want to build things that wind up serving us you know and and so you know, and I and I think that like to a certain degree, that we're all that we're all walking in this in this field of connectedness from self to universe, you know, individual, collective, like it's all it's all a part of the puzzle. It all goes together. You know, I think that 
you know, we are, we are all connected. We are all the same. We are a part of everything that ever was and will be. But at the same time, you know, we're having a subjective experience because that's what, that's what makes the game fun. That's what makes this interesting. Um, and I keep saying game because, you know, I, one of my f- most favorite books of all time is James P. Carse's Finite and Infinite Games. And, um, you know, Alan Watts talks a lot about this. He uses the word game as well and some other people too. And I just, I like it because I like to think that if I was a creator, if I was like a creator God, if I was, you know, some all-knowing being or whatever, I, th- I would think, well, what would be the most f- enjoyable what would be the most fun and exciting experience and it would be well let's diversify the shit out of ourselves and and create as much crazy weird things as we possibly can and then you know let's see what happens and i think alan watts says like let's play hide and go seek you know because playing games are fun and and what you know reading books with stories are fun and watching movies with stories and heroes and these are the things that are really excite us so it you know it makes sense to me. I I say oh yeah aha because it resonates with me from my own experiences that that seems to be something that would be you know that could be close to being accurate. And even if it's not, you know the the mere fact that I'm willing to believe that is uh is enough for me. You know? Uh, the 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 fact that you're willing to believe in something is enough you know i think everybody needs something to believe in and e- even if even if they don't even if they claim that they don't well i i think that's just that's just causing sort of a i don't know it just doesn't seem like that much fun of an experience for me to to say well, it's all just, you know, a bunch of rock and, you know, a bunch of crap and it all just collided together and it was, you know, and who, who the hell knows? And it's, you know, when you're dead, you're dead. You know, it just seems like, well, it doesn't seem, that doesn't seem like, if you could choose to believe in, in anything, like, I, I just think that doesn't really necessarily seem like something that, uh, that would be enjoyable to believe in. So it's like, why not just make, you know, I mean, in Viktor Frankl's book, you know, Man's Search for Meaning, it's like, create the meaning for your life, you know, make, you know, you're in a Nazi prison camp, I mean, make it a game. Because, you know, what, what's the other alternative? Just to, just to live in that harsh reality? That's tough. You know, and it's like, we, we are these, these, amazing beings that have the the ability to imagine and create and and i think you know to use that power is is one of our most ultimate powers so great question man that was a big one um thank you very much i don't know how much of these i'm going to do maybe i'll i'll do a couple more because i want to talk about some other stuff that's going to go on for a while but i'll talk i'll take uh, maybe one uh from derek uh i always enjoyed you on part of the problem uh, I loved your energy when you were fired up. From what I can tell, you don't really focus on daily politics anymore. Was wondering how that's affected your life. Also, uh, are we doing any good paying attention to this shit or just stressing ourselves out when really life is pretty good? You're the best. Peace. Thanks, Derek. Um, yeah, I, I, 
I was on that show uh, with my buddy, uh, comedian Dave Smith. I was doing stand-up comedy at the time, and we were podcasting about politics. And I was, um, you know, we were talking about it from a libertarian perspective. Yeah, I would get, I would definitely get fired up. I think, uh, yeah, it was, it was this thing. That one of the reasons why I left the show was just because I, I just, I personally just couldn't take the all of the trash like it to me like cnn fox news the new york times like all the stuff that's going on in the political news cycle and the mainstream news cycle it's just such trash it's it's like junk food and it poisons you i mean it poisoned me and i couldn't really handle it anymore because i i started to get interested in in other things and i started to look a little bit deeper into what's you know the behind behind the scenes or, you know, just even further deeper into more esoteric stuff. And to me, it just, it lost its appeal. It lost its, um, I, I, I felt like we were all, we were always repeating ourselves like all the time, you know, what, it, whatever was going on in the news. And it's like, well, look, you know, here's the thing. And we're talking about this stuff. And it's just, it seemed like, um, it, it 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 just seemed it just seemed to be a little bit like I don't know I I guess I guess it became kind of boring a little bit and it also it also just kind of made me it made me mad you know it just it made me very angry and yeah I just I got I guess I just I let it get to me too much um and uh. So are we doing any good paying attention to this shit or just stressing ourselves out? Well, I mean, I think you need to you need to pay attention to what's going on in the world, but I think that now I take a much more detached stance from it. Um and I try not to get stressed out about it because I always try and just keep the focus on the things that I know to be true. Um and that is not necessarily getting involved in in every single little detail that is that is happening. Because it's a drama, it's a play. You know, the the news, the the mainstream media news cycle, the the twenty four seven cable news cycle, is a a joke. It's it's a complete joke. It's a mind control. It's propaganda. You know, it's just um, it, it's just horrendous. It's it's just the most awful, like and. And 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 here's the here's the genius about the world that we live in, right? If you're if you are to to agree and, and to say, you know, they somehow they've they've engineered it to to be like, well, Trump says CNN's fake news, so if you say CNN's fake news, then you must agree with Trump. So then you're a Trump supporter. Ooh, all right now. Ooh, you're bad. You know, somehow, somehow, some way, someone got you know a bunch of people to support the CIA. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, you know, support the FBI, support the CIA. It's just, it's just, it's astonishing. I mean, it's, it's, it's genius, really. I mean, these people are, are fucking geniuses in the way that they manipulate societies. It's, it's epic. But, um, but yeah, I, I've just become more interested in the machinations of, of our society and culture, uh, you know, going a little bit deeper beyond what's happening in the daily news cycle. Now, what I used to do is I would watch the daily news cycle and I would be on Twitter and I would see what people were getting 
fired up about and worked up about. And as a, as a libertarian, you're always on the defensive. You're always the guy that's coming in to the party saying, okay, you know, yeah, you know, yes, this may be true, but, but this is false. You know, okay, so this side has a little bit of it right. This side has a little bit of it right. But really, the real picture here is, you know, this. And, right, I think Tom Woods put it best when he said, like, you know, you, you get this debate in the presidential election that is, uh, well, I favor, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton's like, oh, I favor, you know, a 30% tax. And, and Mitt Romney's like, well, I favor, uh, you know, a, a 25% tax. And it's like, that's the three by five card of allowable opinion that we're, that the mainstream wants us to focus on. That's the, the agenda is to keep people boxed in to this little square. And being a free thinking libertarian that, that is constantly on the outside of the square, you, you, you're standing there shouting at people, why do we need to be in this square, people? Hello? How about we abolish, you know, the IRS? How about we abolish the Federal Reserve? Like, hello, you know, it's always, it just always, and it got a little tiring to always be on that side. And, and I mean, I still believe in these things and I'll talk about them occasionally, but, you know, um, it's just a, it's just an absolute joke. It's just a farce. It's a complete, it's a complete propaganda arm of the state and, and. I don't even know what to call them anymore. I mean, the state, you call them, if you call them globalists, you sound like Alex Jones. If you call them elites, I mean, maybe I just call them elites. I don't know, the, 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 the crony corporate power elite. Um, that's, you know, who runs the, who runs the show here. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can definitely get sucked into this stuff because it's a drama and, and human beings love drama and we love team sports. We want to be on people, we want to be on the right side. We want to feel like we're doing the right thing, you know, and that's in our nature, you know, and, and just getting back to, to, you know, I, I read this amazing book by, by Neil Postman called Amusing Ourselves to Death. And I love, and Neil Postman's great. I mean, he, he, I, I watched some things that he talked about on YouTube. I don't agree with everything that he says, but I think he, he makes a lot of really good points. And one of his points he made in this speech, I think he gave at maybe Yale, I, I think it was, I don't know where it was, but um, he said, you know, the, the age of television, in the age of television, the presidential debate goes like this, okay, uh, what, do you th- what would you do uh, for our foreign policy? Okay, candidate one, you have uh, a minute and 30 seconds to respond. And then they say whatever they're going to say for a minute and 30 seconds, oh, okay, and now you have one minute to rebuttal. And it's like, are you kidding me? You know, Neil Postman says, like, the, these, these, these candidates should stop and say, how dare you ask me what to do about American foreign policy and give me one minute and 30 seconds to talk about that? How dare you? I mean, it's a slap in the face to, to our intelligence. It's just disgusting. And then Neil Postman goes on to talk about how uh, I think when Abraham Lincoln was was campaigning against, I forget who he said Buchanan or someone. I I I, I don't remember. Um, and I, um, but he said Lincoln would talk for three hours, and then the other candidate would talk for three hours, and then Lincoln would have an hour to for a rebuttal, 
And then the next city they would go in, they would switch it, and then they would, and the the next the other candidate would have an hour to rebuttal at the end. But he makes the claim that in the in this age of television and social media and the internet, we want everything in clips. We want everything in bold faced clickbait headlines to get riled up and excited because people's attention spans are so low and and we're and it's all entertainment. You know, all the world's a stage has been made into entertainment. So, you know, I I don't uh I don't stress out about it anymore and I don't um feel poisoned by it anymore and I don't get worked up about it anymore. I mean, look, I I've 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 been consciously aware of um, I guess three presidents. I mean, Clinton, I, I wasn't totally aware of. I, I was, you know, a kid when Clinton was president and, you know, I don't really remember too much because I, I, I wasn't really, I mean, now looking back, I can look and, and see, but at the time, I'm talking about at the time, I wasn't really fully aware, but I remember when Bush was president and I remember what I remember 9-11 and I remember when Obama came into office and I now see what's going on when Trump was elected. And so I've witnessed these, 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 these changes and not changes, nothing, nothing really fundamental ever changes. You know, we always wind up arguing about the same things and the, the news media cycle will just stick to the same story and just repeat. I mean, we keep hearing about Russia and the fucking election. I mean, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. And, and this is the genius, the genius of, of what is happening here. Because everybody knows if you want someone to believe something, all you have to do is keep repeating it. Just keep repeating it. And if you're lying about something, deny it until the day that you die. And that is the way, the way that our power structure works is it's this massive apparatus that attracts the worst people of our society to the top. They, they get into the levers of power and they ride that motherfucker until the wheels fall off. They don't give a shit about the next generation. They don't care. They will just kick the can down the road until it's somebody else's problem to deal with because that's the nature of the game of the system. You know, the system is like, hey, get in here. You know, it's like, it's like, uh, it's, it's like, Hey, get into this party while it's hot, you know, and just go buck wild. You know, don't worry about anything else. Just get yours while you can get yours and get the fuck out, you know? And that's the way it works. And so these people get in and, and they just deny and deny and lie till they die and do whatever they have to do to stay in power and to maintain power and to maintain wealth. And, um, you know, and, and, and they can say what, they, you know, they say whatever they want and they don't have to back it up because, you know, at the end of the day, the, the manipulation arm is, is, is extremely strong. People just aren't, you know, they, people will get worked up about the, about diversionary topics that might seem important on the surface, but really aren't the, the, the real fundamental problems of, of, of what is going on in, in our world. You know, what, that is really what we should be. So yeah, thanks for the questions, guys. Um, but that is, the, that is what we should be getting worked up about. I mean, there, you know, and again, Neil Postman makes this argument where he says, we're living in this age of, of information. And it's just information just coming at us in all different directions. I mean, there's so much information. It's like, 
it's so much. But he, he's, he talks about like you're watching television and there's a news report and it's like, oh, you know, little girl was uh, raped and killed in Queens, New York. Um, we'll talk more about this when we come back. And then they go to commercial and it's like, Coca-Cola, grab a Coke. And he's like, what? You know, like, it's one thing to have information and to receive information. But what do we do about the information that we receive? You know, the, 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 way, that, that new, the way that news is delivered, the way that information is delivered in this day and age with the internet, social media, and television, it's like there's so much coming at you that it, it, it loses meaning. You know, what about that girl that was raped and killed in Queens? Like, why don't we have time to digest what has happened, this horrific event that has happened? You know, and then, and then it just goes right to a, a commercial selling Coca-Cola. So it's just this weird thing where, where the information loses its meaning. Like, we're, we don't have time to process it. We don't have time to really, like, sink into what this means, what kind of world we're living in where these things, you know, happen. And, you know, you see this happen all the time, right? There's a huge thing that happens, you know, the Zika virus, the Zika virus, and then it kind of goes away. I mean, recently I saw something on Instagram that said, hey, re remember ISIS? Well, yeah, I mean, like, what happened to them, right? Um, I mean, I'm old enough to remember, like, Al-Qaeda, 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 you know, they were the guys. And then all of a sudden, this ISIS thing came out of nowhere. It's completely manufactured this way. You know, it's, there's always, you know, for, for, a, for a, a, a dominating power structure to maintain its control on a massive population, there always needs to be a constant threat. People need to live in fear, and there needs to be a real constant threat on the horizon. Otherwise, the, the, the power structure will lose its hold on the people because the people won't perceive it to be a legitimate ruling authority. The, the, the power structure needs to have a, a threat. You know, you need to have an enemy so you can then legitimize your power and say, well, look, there's clear and present danger out there. We will protect you. We are here for you. And, you know, in this, in this crazy age that we live in, it's, it's super easy to just pump these messages out there, get people worked up, riled up, get people afraid, and, um, you know, just keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it until it's drilled into everybody's heads. I mean, I guarantee you, if you ask, you know, ran random 20 people, like, you know, what do you think about Russia and, uh, and Trump and the elections? Like, oh, yeah, Russia rigged the election. You know, it's so clear. You know, Trump's a buffoon. You know, all this stuff. And it's like, well, that's what, you know, you're doing. You're doing the work of the power system. You're doing the work of the power structure elites. This is what they want you to believe. They want you to believe this stuff. They want to divide you. They want to keep you separated. That's how power stays in power. That's how power keeps its, 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 its image as being a legitimate force in our world for good. And, and again, it's just the conditioning, the programming. I mean, everyone's heard this before. It's probably a cliche, a cliche by now, but that's why they call television programming because they are programming you to believe things. They're conditioning you. They are brainwashing you. They are constantly repeating the same message. I mean, you know, with the Las, remember the Las Vegas shooting? 
the hell happened to that? You know, these things, all these things that happen in, in our world right now, they just seem so surreal. It just seems so strange that these things happen. It's like some massive event happens and immediately it's on every single news channel and everybody's covering it 24-7 for, I don't know, a week or two. And it's just constantly being, you know, sent on repeat. And it's, we always know who did it immediately. We've identified who's, who's done it and, the motor, and, and why or whatever. Or maybe we don't know why, but we know who did it. And it just repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats until it's jammed into people's heads. Because people, we don't have time to sit and digest and to think and to question why this and why that. You know, I do this stuff at great sacrifice, you know, to like my mental health. But I do this stuff because I know, I, I look out at the world and I say, no, 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 this is wrong. There's something wrong here. And I think more people would have their... Their, their ability to tune into the frequency of, of, of sensing when something's wrong, if, they, if, they have, if their pineal glands have been cleansed, if their, their lens of perception is, is cleansed, if the doors of perception are cleansed, you know, the truth will be made clear. It's, it's, it's easier to see things for what they truly are. Um, but also it requires time. Because, because, you know, the, the power structures do not want you to have access to, to the information of, of the truth. So you have to dig for it. You have to find it. You have to find reliable sources. You have to, you know, read and research. It takes hours, days. And who has that kind of time, right? Because, you know, we don't have that kind of time because people have to work. People have to, you know, get, get on this treadmill, this rat race of life. And, and, and don't stop until they die or get sick and have to go on uh, pharmaceutical drugs to, to, to keep them alive. Um, you know, it, it's, just this, it's just this insanely sick and cruel system that we've, that we've got going on here that really doesn't allow people the time and the space necessary to make sense of what's going on in the world around them. And it becomes so overwhelming that, that they just... And, they, you know, that they just accept whatever is being said by wherever they hear it from, whatever the, the repetitive information that's coming out is saying. Well, okay, that, that must be it, you know? So I think this is, uh, you know, I think this is a big problem in our world today. And, and you know, I, I think that, there's, there's just so much here. There's so much here. It's, it's unbelievable how much stuff, for lack of a better word, is, um, is going on. And as I alluded to in, in the last episode, you know, I, 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 tend to agree more with Neil Postman uh, in his book Amusing Ourselves to Death with, with him saying that we are, uh, we are living in a, in a Huxleyan sort of world where there's no need to ban books because 
you, you don't have, you have no need to ban but you know and, and he's talking about his uh the, the the difference between an orwellian world and a huxleyan world and in the orwellian world they there was fear of a tyrant burn, banning books but he's saying in a huxleyan world there would be no reason to ban books because people wouldn't want to read them anyway and and you know that that is sort of what's going on here i think that we um you know, we we are living in this sort of like invisible dystopia. Uh, I I think it's invisible because there isn't a in our in our daily average lives there isn't a uh, uh you know a, a black boot of tyranny that is stepping on our neck and suffocating us. But it it's instead that black boot of tyranny is dispersed through all of our gadgets and gizmos and media and entertainment and it's just integrated into the culture it's integrated into the power structures system of control so you know it's just it's there it's just it's just a part of the model now it becomes it becomes this thing that's that's it's it's there but you can't really see it but it's there if that makes any sense um yeah and then again postman says that you know orwell warns that we will be overcome by an externally imposed oppression but in huxley's vision no there's no big brother oppressor that is required to deprive people of their autonomy maturity and history uh, as he saw it people will come to love their oppression and adore the technologies that undo their capacities to think Um, I'll go on to read some more, actually, from, from this amazing book. Orwell feared those who would deprive us of information. Huxley fear, feared those who would give us so much that we would be reduced to passivity and egoism. Think about that. Orwell feared that the truth would be concealed from us. Huxley feared the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Orwell feared we would become a captive culture. Huxley feared we would become a trivial culture, preoccupied with some equivalent of the feelies or the orgy-porgy from from the book um, Brave New World. Uh, As Huxley remarked in Brave New World, uh, the civil libertarians and rationalists uh, who are ever on the alert to oppose tyranny fail to take into account man's almost infinite appetite for distractions. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's just mind-blowing, you know. Um, I, I look at this one part where he says, Orwell feared that the truth would be concealed from us. Well, we do have truths that are concealed from us, that is true. Uh, Huxley feared the truth would be drowned in a sea of irrelevance. Now, now that really rings true because you can, like I said, you can go out there and you can dig for information and you can find some semblance of truth out there. Uh, it requires a thirst for knowledge and, and, and it, it requires an educated population, right? And I think that a large part of what we see in the world today is the dumbing down of 
societies. You know, I mean, you look at this in America, right? A state-controlled education. Um, you know, children are forced. Their parents are threatened to send their children to school. Or else men with guns show up at your house and take you away. I mean, think about that. Your own children. You have, to, you have to give them away to the state so that they can be properly trained, programmed, and conditioned to believe what the state wants them to believe so they can be obedient. So they, you know, obedience over everything is, is what it is. You know, they want, they want them, this is what we want you to think. Here is your playpen of sanctioned um, uh, thought. And you are to stay here, and you are to remain under our supervision for all eternity. That's the that's the model. the 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 schooling system, compulsory education, the public schooling system in America is one of the biggest crimes, uh, and one of the biggest tragedies of of all of humanity. And it always comes uh, under the guise of a smiley face. The most evil, cruel, horrible things are always done with a smiley face. And it never comes in the form of an evil, cartoonish, Voldemort, Darth Vader villain character. No, it comes from hope, promise, doing good, uh, educate. We got to educate the children. You know, it comes in these forms of. Of, of happiness and, and cheer and, and, and doing good. But, the, but the, the, you know, the underlining agenda is sinister. You know? Um, so, you know, it starts, with, it starts with that, really. I mean, it really does start with that. The, uh, you know, the, so immediately people are being dumbed down and people are being you know, are being told lies and misinformation and all kinds of just terrible things are happening. And so, you know, when they, when they grow up to be adults, that's, they're, they're helpless. They're, they, you know, they don't stand a chance unless they've had some way to, to question things enough to break out of that paradigm and, and start to go down a path of, of self-education which I don't think a lot of people necessarily do. Nor do I think uh, that's what really a lot of people want to do. I think that innately what we do want to do is that we want to enjoy our lives and spend time with the ones that we love and do the things that we care about. That is ultimately what we want to do. And if you ask somebody, if you asked an average nine-to-fiver kind of person, well, They'd say, yeah, of course, that's what I want to do. I mean, you know, I get to do that on the weekends and I get to do that, uh, you know, two weeks out of the year when I'm allowed to, you know, when I'm not a slave. Oh, okay. So you're, you're like, whose life are you living? If you're, you're not living your own life. Well, that's just the way it is, you know. I mean, that's just the way it is. Why is that the way it is? Why? That's the question. Why are we accepting this one version of reality that's been given to us? And I think the, the answer might be because, because it's the easiest. 
it's easy to just say, okay, well, if that's what I got to do, I'm going to do it. You know, it takes, it takes a, a, a lot of effort and energy to go against that. And, um, you know, I think most people just don't want to do that. Most people just want to relax and enjoy and watch some good movies and have a couple drinks and smoke a little weed and have some fun and do some mushrooms and <laughs> wait, do most people want to do mushrooms? Wait, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about myself now. Um, no, I think most people just want to enjoy the, the time that they have and they don't want to, they don't want the responsibility that comes along with knowing the truth about how everything operates and what's being done to them. It's, it's too psychologically heavy for us to, for the average person, I think, to accept, my God, um, what, it, it, that, what the hell is happening here? What kind of nightmare are we living in? Um, and of course, you know, when I'm talking about this, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about just, you know, the structure of the way that things are, right? Because I think the structure of the way things are influences everything. It sets the tone for our reality. It sets the tone for what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. It sets the tone for what we value and what we don't value as a, as a species, as, as, a, as a species here I'm talking about from this perspective. <clears throat> So um, I kind of lost my train of thought exactly as to where I was going uh, with that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just think that this is, uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was talking to my cousin the other day and we were talking about history. And, you know, again, another example of this is when you go to school, you know, you learn about you learn some history, you know, I don't know, George Washington chopped down a fucking tree and never told a lie and whatever, some bullshit like that. And, um, okay. Why are, why is this the history that we're learning about? What, what, like, but also not just that, but the, the history that has been written that we have has been written from and approved by the powerful people at the time. And they say, okay, yeah, like disseminate that to the kids. Yeah, this story is approved. Give that to the kids. But now we're living in a time that is, that is actually unprecedented. We're living in a time right now where I, I am literally recording my history right now. Like this is, this is every, everything that we're partaking in right now is unprecedented. For the first time in history, people can report on their thoughts, feelings, opinions, concerns about the time that we are living in right now. And in the future, people will be able to go back and look and say, wow, I wonder what uh, Dan felt in, in 2020. And they can go back and they can take a look and see what you posted and what you, your whole, you know, life will be online. Everything that you've posted, everything that you've written about, everything that you've done, you know, all your pictures, all that stuff is a representation of what's going on at this point in time right now. And really, for the first time in history, a lot of people have the ability to record their own history and, and tell history from an individual's perspective. And that has never happened before. You know, very, you know it was very, um, very hard to find things that were going on. I know Thaddeus Russell, you know, past guest of this show, wrote a book um, where he was, you know, taking you know, you're looking for more personal accounts and things like that, but you have to, you have to find 
uh, people that maybe wrote a journal or a diary or, you know, you have to look in the newspaper to see what was being written about. But now literally every single person that has a smartphone, access to the internet, um, you know, whatever it can, can record, can record the, the lens that, you know, the, they, they can, they can, you can showcase your point of view from now, from this period in time right now? How were the people feeling and thinking in 2018? What was happening? What, what did the average, what were people posting about? What were they talking about? What were they caring about? Um, and so I think that that's just, uh, we have this like tremendous power in our hands right now. Um, and I think that the average person uses it in a very shallow way. And, and that's, I, I know I'm, I guess that's a, a judgmental statement to say, but <clears throat> the reason why I say it is because, you know, if, if we shrunk the world down into like five people on an island and, you know, one person was just brutally beating the shit and, and, you know, raping like two other people. Um, and then the other two people were just taking selfies or like, you know, dancing to in my feelings or whatever. You would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, don't you see what's going on here? You know, if one person on that Island was hoarding all of the coconuts and all the bananas and everything and 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 basically holding you know and then like hired two other people to to guard the stuff and and you know they got to do all these sick and twisted things to the other two people uh but the other you know but the other two people were just like all right you know whatever we'll just just go along with it it's kind of sad you know it's like that's kind of that's kind of messed up, but the 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 truth of the matter, the 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 good thing to to realize is that it isn't like that. In reality, it's a small group of people, you know, sometimes referred to as one percent or whatever. It's a very small group of people, and the the people that just want to live happy lives and enjoy their time here on Earth far outweighs the people who are power-hungry, sociopathic parasites that want to dominate and control and live in a prison of human bones, you know, <laughs> and be, the, be in charge of that prison. You know, that, that, that's a very small people. We're letting, and, and it's, it's, we're doing it to ourselves, you know, like we are, we're letting, we're allowing this to happen. The only, you know, a lot of, a lot of times, I think in the past I might have been, I might have been, um, more taking the tone of like they're doing this and we're getting you know we're suffering because of it but really i mean we're doing it to ourselves we're allowing this system to exist we're allowing it to happen um and you know the many are are allowing the few to to dominate and control them uh and that's that's not good you know, that's not good because that's not the kind of reality that we want to live in, right? I mean, that's, the, that's certainly not the kind of reality that I want to live in. And my, I have hope, I, I, I have faith that I think that 
um, that people will wake up to what's going on and actually give a shit and say, this is fucked up. I don't want to participate in this anymore. But, you know, I tend to think that that probably won't happen until a major catastrophe happens or something like that to really jolt people awake. I mean, unfortunately, that's usually what it takes, right? It usually takes you maxing out your credit card and realizing that you're not able to pay it and for you to realize like, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's the way that our government behaves. And that's, you know, the, the government behaves in a way it tells, you know, the, the, the messages that we get from the society is to like, you know, do good, be good, you know, pay your bills on time and all this stuff. But then, you know, the, the leaders of the, of the society don't do that. They don't act that way. Um, so they don't lead by example. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, go beyond this sort of, um, I guess, broader, sort of looser, vaguer thing of power and manipulation and people and our perceptions and all this, our, you know, our sort of voluntary servitude, um, <clears throat> is, is the question of, uh, of money in our society. And, 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 you know, what, I, I, I just think that, um, you know, what we have to look at the way that the system is structured in order to, I don't know, it, it, like what I'm trying to think of, what I'm thinking about right now is that like, like today, Apple just became the first company to, to be uh, valued at $1 trillion. And in, in the New York Times, it said that, you know, it's like bigger than Disney and, and, um, Bank of America and all these companies combined, you know, Apple, $1 trillion valuation. And I, that just triggered something in my mind of like, yeah, like, wow, that's a, that's a grill. That's a lot of money. That's a great achievement, I guess, you know, but remember that time that like Donald Rumsfeld on September 10th, 2001, uh, just said, yeah, um, yeah, the Pentagon right now just um, can't really account for $2.3 trillion. Um, essentially, $2.3 trillion have gone, went missing from the Pentagon. Whoops. Don't know where it is. And you hear these things all the time, right? Like, I, I even think recently we, that we heard something about, like, Oh yeah, like uh looks like um yeah, we we can't account for uh, you know, a trillion dollars here. It went missing. And it's just like, excuse me? What? I think it was um maybe a couple of years ago or something. It was like, yeah, um we, yeah, we can't account for 6 6 and a half trillion dollars. We don't know where that is. And does it, does that make the news? Is that on the daily news cycle? Is that being talked about ad, ad nauseum for weeks on end? Is there any serious investigative reporting going on? No, no, none. But think about that. 
$6.5 trillion, $2.3 trillion, like trillion dollars, trillions, trillions. And it's just like, okay, uh, where is that money? And why is nobody talking about this? Right? You know, another thing is, is we hear, we often hear the, uh, well, the United States is in debt. Okay. I'm in debt. And it's a couple thousand dollars. And I feel like, you know, it's kind of a lot, right? I mean, nobody likes being in debt, you know? Um, but the United States is in like $21 trillion worth of debt. <laughs> like, I mean, these numbers, it's just, and, and, mo- and most people just, they just don't know what that means. Like, okay, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, I have credit card debt, and the U.S. has debt, so that makes sense. Yeah, you don't have $21 trillion of debt. And, like, what is that debt? What is that money from? Who gave it to us? Where did it come from? What is money in the first, you know, just all of these, all of these things that nobody thinks about, you know? I mean, I mean, think about it. The Federal Reserve Bank just prints money, lends it to the government. Government then owes them that. Where do you think, where are they going to get it from? Government doesn't sell any products or services except for slavery of human beings. It's coming from us. And that's, that's Ron Paul always used to say, this is the tax that you never hear about, the inflation tax. And the inflation tax, this is why there's no middle class anymore. There's just working poor and, and upper class. The middle class is disappearing. Because every time there's money that's printed, it goes into circulation. The money that gets printed, you know, for example, when the when the when we had to bail out the we had to bail out the banks, too big to fail. Okay, so we issue an order, print the money. So they printed the money, gave it to the government. Government gives it to the banks. Money goes to the banks. All these guys give themselves bonuses, buy yachts and mansions, and fucking all this other shit. But what happens is now there's more money in circulation. There's more money in circulation, which means that the value of the dollar goes down. It decreases because there's more of it, so it's less rare. There's more. And what happens is that causes prices to go up. Things, things wind up costing more money. So, you know, uh, average, like for, for your average, I guess, like Wall Street banker, CEO person, he doesn't feel the effect of 
you know, Cheerios going from $3.40 to $6.40. Doesn't matter to him. It's nothing. But for, you know, a single mother with like four kids working a minimum wage job, that's huge. That's massive. You know, so there's just, this is just an example of <clears throat> all of the little things that are, are going on in our society that uh, the average person is not paying attention to and, uh, and we all suffer because of it. You know, our lives could be so much bigger and more important and better. We can create whatever reality we want to create if only we were untied from the, the shackles of the dominator class that wants to siphon our energy. Our time and our energy is the most valuable resource on the planet. Our time, our energy, and our love. And with that, we can build anything together. We can collaborate together and we can create magical, amazing, fantastic things. You know, we don't have to think about looking forward to, you know, we don't have to look forward to like the festival that we're going to go to or, the, you know, Burning Man or whatever, like, oh, that's going to be wonderful when we go there for that week or two weeks. No, we could just create that as a way of life, right? I mean, think about this. We live in a world right now where if a bunch of people wanted to get together and buy some land and live that way, you know, if we just came to, we said, listen, uh, there's like, you know, there's maybe like 500 of us and we all want to buy this piece of land. Um, and basically what we're, we're going to do is we're going to just have like a music festival sort of lifestyle. Uh, and you know, uh, people, you, you, you know, we, we'd have people, people can create and, and make things and you can have a garden and you can grow your own food or whatever. It's just whatever our agreements are. Yeah, of course, you know, psych, you know, we say weed is legal, psychedelics, everyone, you know, you can use them whenever you want. And we'll have, maybe we'll even get together and we'll have ceremony, whatever we get together and we, we agree upon what, what the rules would be like. They, they, they would never allow it. That's, that's impossible. Nobody would allow that. Because you're escaping from the prison. And they don't want you to escape from the prison. They want you in the prison. They want you under the control. You know, we're not hurting anybody. We're not harming anybody. We just want to go off and do our own thing. You know? We just want to get together and we just want to create a life that's really fun and exhilarating and exciting. And we want to do it, you know, in our own way. Now, maybe there's a possibility for that kind of stuff to happen. I don't know. Maybe California is getting more, you know, more, more likely to be somewhere that it might be like that or, or Washington or, or Colorado or Oregon or Portugal or I don't know, you know, different places. Maybe there's. Maybe there's some cool things that are going on in these places, or maybe there's the opportunity for these things to happen. But, you know, if I wanted to do that at, at my house, if I just wanted to invite a bunch of people here, you know, every, every week and, and have uh, psychedelic ceremonies and, and parties and, and stuff like that, that would be, wouldn't be allowed. Just wouldn't be allowed. It wouldn't be allowed to peacefully 
separate and to go our own way. Um, and that's an indicator of, uh, you know, an unhealthy society, you know, a healthy society would, uh, you know, where we would honor and respect the, the individual and the dignity of the individual and allow people to uh, congregate and, and get together in ways where agreements can be made that's mutually beneficial to everybody living in, in, that, in that area. And, you know, the same thing goes back to, I was talking about money before, you know, the same thing goes back to, like, if, you know, money is just is, is what we put value on, right? And, you know, as I was mentioning, the Federal Reserve just pr- is able to print money, and they call that legal tender. Uh, but if, you know, we were to do the same, it would be counterfeit. You know, you could print a $100 bill that looks exactly like a $100 bill that's issued into circulation by the Federal Reserve. Uh, but because you printed it, it's not considered legal tender. It's, you know, that's a crime. But because the, the perpetrators, the ones who are the criminals who they get to decide, you know, what, what's, what's, what goes, what's allowed. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and I think a lot of people think that, well, things are going to get better because we are, we're advancing uh, technologically and that it will allow us for more freedom or something like that. And, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, but if, if we use it the right way, and I don't think that a lot of people are using it in the right way right now because we're, we're, we're using it in a way that, like, you can have all of the progress and technological advancement that you want to have, but that's still, you know, you're still clinging on to the material, to, to, to the external, to provide you with some sort of a liberty. But that liberation can only come from within. It can only happen. You know, the, what good is it to have, you know, uh, psychedelics uh, legalized under a fascist uh, government? You know, uh, what, what, what good is it to have the truth revealed under, you know, a, to- a totalitarian uh, regime? It's, it, it's, it doesn't do anything, you know, and it, it's total freedom and liberty is, is the most important thing here. Um, and that's, that's at the root of everything that I, that I care about, you know. Um, You know, again, with, you know, I think that really what we need to see happen is that we need to see uh, an, an advancement into the human spirit, the human soul, the, in, in consciousness uh, before we have advanced technologies that uh, in our hands, because otherwise it's just going to be advanced technologies that are going to enslave us more, you know. Um, I think that we, you know, we don't want to be monkeys riding rocket ships. We want to be able to be elevated at a higher state of consciousness to, to understand the mind, what it means to be a human being, what really matters, you know, uh, how, to, how to love, how to be a proper individual in the world. A- and then we'll be ready to handle whatever technological advancements come. Um, and I think that, uh, 
you know, that's, that's something that we just don't hear people talking about uh, too much. Um, but, you know, again, you know, this, this podcast is about the, the state of the world today uh, what's, and what's going on and what we can do about it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I think that if, if the average person seems to feel gratified, satisfied, you know, um, pleasured, then there's no need to try and sacrifice something for a change. You know, there just isn't. Um, and I think, uh, as long as, as people keep, you know, giving in to the flashy immediate gratification, you know, materialistic realm, then, you know, we just keep adding fuel to the fire of our own incarceration, you know, into our own enslavement, our our voluntary servitude, serving this larger system and, and not really um, getting what we really truly need. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's not one of these things where it's like, well, technolo- technology is evil or anything like that. It's, it's how we use it. And it's how we interpret the world and respond to the world that's important, you know? And I think this is, you know, when talking about psychedelics, it's like, well, what's, what's really happening when you're having an ayahuasca experience? You know, is the, is the ayahuasca brew communicating to you? Is, is, it, is it your brain? Is it consciousness? Is it something that's unlocking inside of you? You know, what is actually going on here? You know, are there spirits or, you know, is, this, is there... Are there like ascended masters or something like this, or what is happening? I think it. I think it's about how we interpret our, our situation, how we respond to it, what we do about it, that really matters. It doesn't matter if it's quote unquote real or not real or whatever. It's about how we interpret it. It's our perception of it. Um. And. Uh, you know, as far as, as technology goes, we, you know, we have, the, we have this, we live in this unprecedented time where we're able to communicate and get together and form ideas and, and collaborate and disseminate information from decentralized, you know, sources and peer-to-peer encrypted platforms and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, but at the same time, it's it can also be some it's it's also something that is used against us you know it's like well all these social networks that we sign up for you know the, everything that we do every app that we download every phone that we buy uh, you know it's tracking our location you know our data is being used to sell ads to us and and all this other stuff so it's like with everything is there's a pro and a con and it's it's neither it's not as black and white you know there's nuance and and I think that really what we need is just we need to be living in a society where we have uh, wise elders to guide us into uh, a, a place that is, you know, that we're, we're, what I was talking about in the beginning of the show with the first question was, 
you know, really encouraging people to live up to their higher self, encouraging people. And, and, that, and, and see, that's what, what happens is we live in this world where there's this black and white dichotomy and it's like, okay, well, you know, people need to be told what to do. And so we need to force people to, to, to do the right thing. And I don't think that's the case. I think people need to be shown. People need to be shown what to do, shown how to do the right thing, and encouraged to take the, the higher self path. And I think it's the job of people who are, who are leaders in our society to, to encourage that. But we, that's not what we see in the world today. We see uh, the encouragement to, you know, d- for debasement and degeneration and degradation of, of the individual and, you know, giving up to the larger systems of control and, you know, not, you know, just, just, just distracting people, keeping people dumbed down, distracted and drugged up. And then they can just get on going and doing the things that they're doing. And, you know, what are they doing? Well, I don't know, but they're doing some crazy shit. You know, I, I watched, I recently, recently I have, um, usually what happens is I get interested in something and then I just go into that as much as possible. And I just start kind of obsessing about that particular thing. And last year, um, I was getting pretty interested in magic and the occult, um, paranormal, that sort of stuff. Uh, I had uh, a guy named Gordon White on the show, talked about magic, and uh, I was reading some stuff about John Dee and the Rosicrucians and uh, Aleister Crowley and people, people of that nature and, and you know, that sort of stuff. Recently, I've, I've been getting into UFOs, um, and I've been really interested in this guy, Richard Dolan, who I think is brilliant. And one of the most reputable, credible UFOologists out there. And recently, I watched a talk. It's on YouTube. I'll put the link in the comments, um, or in the show notes rather. And I, th- I think it's one of the best talks that I've ever seen. Uh, it's Richard Dolan on the cost of secrecy from money to mind control. Um, and you just have to watch this guy. He's uh, he's really great. Um, he uh, talks about, he was a historian, he was researching the Cold War, and he accidentally got into UFOs, and, and he says, oh, you know, I just, I thought maybe I'd spend like a couple months, you know, researching this stuff, and, and just being like, you know, well, oh, okay, I, I see where that is, and that's, that's, that's enough, I, I get what this is all about. But he said it just, it just changes his life, changes the trajectory of his career. Because he saw that there was something there, there was something to this phenomenon. Um, and <clears throat> you know, I myself, uh, I I saw a UFO when I was um, when I was like about maybe thirteen or something. I was staying in a friend's driveway. It was like a summer night, maybe around ten o'clock at night. Me and a couple friends, we were looking at the sky, and there was some stars out, and we saw one star that was kind of like wobbling or like hovering. You know, like, yeah, that, that looks interesting. And then it did what every report of UFOs have claimed that the UFO does. I saw it. It darted across the sky. It stopped on a dime, made right angle turns, and then it took off at an unbelievable speed. And so it's like, well, you know, what is this? Right? And Richard Dolan proposes that 
There's definitely something there. There's definitely something to this. And I, I like him because I like his approach. It's, they've definitely got the attention of the, the military and the government. There are classified documents that reveal this kind of stuff. Um, and there, there's, you know, he ties it into this whole, the black budget, uh, and the, and money and what is, what is, what, what he believes is happening is that the power elites of our world are involved in what he calls a breakaway civilization, uh, a civilization that's technologically superior and more advanced and will therefore break away from the rest of us who are, will just be sort of like the, you know, the slaves, the sheep. Um, and, you know, a lot of the stuff ties into uh, technology too, because, you know, these people, they, they want to, they want, they want to live forever and, and, you know, gene editing type stuff and, and all this stuff. And, um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, wow, you know, technological advancements, that's great. But it's like, well, yeah, for who, you know, who's this stuff going to be affordable for? Who's going to be able to afford this stuff? Who's going to have access to it? And not only that, but it's more importantly, all of these things are being done in secrecy and it's being done with our money, with, with, with our energy that we feed into this system and then they, they then siphon out of us to pay for all of these wild um, things that they're doing. Um, so I, I, just, I just find that I find it really fascinating from a point of cover-up, a point of following the money, a point of looking at what documents are available and trying to decipher what's going on and connecting the dots and listening to people who have come forward, people who have been in high-ranking positions who, you know, talk about what's, what, what they've seen or what they have, have had uh, access to and this sort of, you know, these sorts of things. But it matters. It matters to us because there's things that are, the, these things are being done, number one, in our name. So when the military goes overseas, invades countries, topples governments, uh, installs regimes, occupies places, sets up military bases around the world, and 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 involves itself in in uh, a never-ending you know wars, that's being done in our name, in the name of America, and in the name of Americans. And not only is it being done in our name, but it's being done with our money, and our money is our energy, our time. And, you know, this whole system is designed in a way to keep people on the treadmill of the three by five card of allowable reality that's being dished out to us, not to question things, just to be obedient, go along with the system, um, uh, you know, make sure that certain types of behavior is, is shamed and outlawed and, uh, you know, psychedelic use and those sorts of things. Um, so people aren't, uh, expanding their mind, expanding their consciousness, questioning things, questioning the, the nature of things and asking questions to the power, um, and aren't having individual experiences that help inform them of their, of the reality of their life. Uh, and, and the, so these things are being done and 
you know, and, and so the average person is working for this machine, uh, spending the majority of their lives uh, doing something that maybe they don't really want to do just so they could pay for things that they don't really want to have. The real thing that they want to have is something that doesn't cost anything. It's something that is much deeper, more real, more transcendent, uh, and, and more in tune and in harmony with uh, the planet and the cosmos and our place in it. And, and the, you know, the powerful elites will uh, do whatever they can to arrange things in such a way where people aren't, aren't you know, where people are uh, sticking to that program and uh, falling in line. And the rest of us uh, who are questioning this stuff are seen as lunatics or crazy people or people who are um, losers or, you know, whatever. Tinfoil hat, conspiracy nuts. Um, and that's, that's by design. And, and actually, I've talked about this on the show before. And uh, Richard Dolan brings this up in his talk, The Cost of Secrecy. But conspiracy theorist was a, a coin, uh, a, a term coined in, it was a coin. It was a term coined by the CIA, by the Central Intelligence Agency. Uh, and they came up with it as a way to discredit people who were questioning the official narrative of the JFK assassination. JFK was assassinated and there were people that were saying, hmm, I don't know, this story doesn't really add up. I'm not really buying this. And so the CIA came up with a, you know, a PSYOP, a psychological operation, where they basically said, well, anybody that's questioning this is a conspiracy theorist. And then you just put that out on repeat and enough people hear it and you repeat it enough that it gets into the general population's mind that anybody that's questioning this is a wacko and uh, a crazy person. And, you know, if you explain that to someone, as, as Richard Dolan says, you'll, of course, confirm their suspicions that you are indeed a crazy person for thinking that the CIA invented conspiracy theorists to question, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's quite a, a genius strategy. Um, you know, but all this stuff, I don't, when I look at all this stuff that's being done, um, I don't look at it as, I, I don't look at it as some necessarily sinister force that is uh, oppressing people, although it is. I look at it as more of uh, something that we are actually allowing happen to happen to us, and and I see that uh, you know there there are glimmers of of hope out there. There are there are ways that we can you know transcend this and overcome it. Um, but in order for us to do that, people need to be uh, educated as to what's going on, and then we need to uh, have some confidence and faith and courage in ourselves to take a stand and stand up for what's right uh, and stand up for what we believe in. And um, I think that if we can do that, then, that, then we can have a chance of, of living in a, in a world that's much more uh, like the kind of uh, one that we would like, you know, something that would be a, a, lot, a lot nicer. Um, because for one thing, is, one thing is for certain, is that uh, dominating power structures and never just relinquish their power. They never just say, all right, well, we've dominated and controlled and manipulated uh, enough. We're good. We'll just uh, retire now. 
Now, that's not the way it works. It's it's just on autopilot right now. It's an organism that's trying to serve, you know, that 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 has one objective uh, to survive. You know, it needs to maintain its own uh, survival. So uh, it just keeps feeding. Um, you know, it just keeps getting fed by the people that. Uh, excuse me, the people that are attracted to that sort of opportunity. And, you know, like I said, I think the rest of us really, you know, the average person doesn't, <clears throat> isn't necessarily receptive to this sort of narrative because they can't really conceive that this sort of thing would be going on. This is something beyond their comprehension because most people are good people. Most people, most people are good people. And that's the, that's really the weakness. And I, and I, talked about this on the show last last show about our shadow sides you know the parts of us that are that that we hide that we don't really show to the war, to the world but that's the part of us that we need to integrate in order for us to understand what's being done to us by the people who are manipulating us and controlling us and when once we understand that then then it's like well yeah okay of course these people are doing this because human beings have the capacity to do these things and so once we understand the true nature of humanity, then we can properly regulate it or prop- properly safeguard it or properly, you know, come up with, with systems and structures that, that account for that sort of, uh, you know, degradation or that sort of um, walk towards evil, you know, the lore of, of, of the dominator mindset. Once we all acknowledge that that could be any of us or that we could do these sorts of things, that human beings are capable of this, then we understand a little bit more about how human beings work. But I think that, you know, you're totally hopeless if you're living in, in a world where you just think everything is fine and dandy and, every, you know, that people are looking out for your best interests and the government you live under, you know, is, is a benevolent one that uh, would never lie to you and the media would never lie to you. You know, if you believe that sort of thing, well, then you're just falling right into the hands and you're just, you're just you know, saying, hey, take me away, you know, let, lead me to my slaughter. Um, and so, yeah, so this affects, you know, every area of, of our life. Um, it sets the tone. The, the people who are leading the culture set the tone for how the rest of us will follow, you know? I mean, I think that it's inevitable for us, uh, you know, we, we ultimately will have people that will be attracted to power and that will want to be in leadership positions. Um, however, once we give those people the ability to exercise their authority without any repercussions, that's when we get in trouble. And, and that is what happens. You know, I mean, People can, you can write laws, you can issue fines, you can amend things, you can do whatever you want. The people who are set on doing what they want will find a way to do what they want. They're not going to let some words on a piece of paper stop them. They're going to find a way. That's, that's human nature. Human nature finds a way. We always find a way. Um... Yeah, and so, you know, there's just there's just so much here that it's almost like, well, what is 
And the reason why I'm talking about this is because I believe that this is something that's important to talk about. You know, in this world, it's like, what, well, what should we talk about? What should we care about? You know, I don't, I don't think the answer is to just accept things for the way that they are. I think that's a cop-out. Um, I think the answer is to find out what's really going on, find out what people are really doing, and then have that information, digest it, analyze it, interpret it, and then act on it. You know? and and. I care deeply about psychedelics, but, you know, psychedelics don't matter without liberty. Nothing matters without liberty. You know, I would trade all, all of the modern technologies that we have that, uh, you know, and trade it all for, for, for liberty. Um, but, you know, as uh, Thomas Jefferson said, Timid men prefer tyranny to liberty. That's, that's what happens. People who are afraid, who live in fear, who are scared, who are not confident, who are confused, who are misinformed, prefer the easy rollover of, of a tyranny than they do the hard, challenging, grueling work of liberty. But, uh, but I, I would argue that we would be living in a much more fulfilling and satisfying and happier place if we allowed for some liberty to, to shine through. So, yeah, I guess, like, you know, bottom line, uh, what we're looking at in our world today is an abundance of information that's so overwhelming and so complex, combined with massive amounts of immediate gratification, pleasure that appeals to our lowest common denominator, mind-numbing entertainment and distractions, um, a dumbing down of people, uh, a poisoning of people uh, with the food supply and a drugging of people with the pharmaceutical industry and a siphoning of people's energy through nonstop uh, increasing work hours of bullshit jobs, um, theft in the form of uh, taxation, and manipulated people, you know, feeding into propaganda to cause divisiveness, uh, to trigger people on emotional hot-button issues like race or abortion or gender, things like that, get people fighting about these, these sort of more trivial things so that they don't ask the bigger question of, Who's in control? What do they want? What are they doing? Where is our money going? What happened to our money? Uh, what, what is being done in our name? And, uh, <clears throat> and what kind of uh, life is, is being created for us that we are, that we are buying into? And, you know, I, 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 I can hear some people saying, well, 
you know, you, you create your own reality and, and, you know, this, no one's holding you back and you can do whatever you want to do in this world and, you know, all these things. And yeah, I think that's true. That is possible. But it's also important to know the reality of what is happening and what is being done so that we can then address the problem in the proper and correct way. You know? And to actually contribute to being a part of the solution and not just perpetuating more of the same and of the, of the problem. And, um, and we just need more people thinking freely and independently and outside of the box. And, but the more and more, uh, you know, Google and Facebook and all these companies grow, they consolidate power and they buy up other companies and they become the main lane of information out there and connection out there, the more and more they limit our ability to see what is beyond what they offer. And in a way, they become their own sort of states, you know, their own sort of oppressive governmental um, types of infrastructures. Um, and, uh, you know, so I hear people, you know, talk about, you know, these things like, uh, well, we just got to get the right people in there, you know, and that's what we have to do. And, you know, we, we can't do things like get rid of the EPA because they, you know, they protect us. And, you know, these corporations, they'll just contaminate the water and all this stuff. And, then, you know, when I hear things like that, I'm, I'm always, I, I just, I look at the, the facts. I look at the evidence and I say, you know, it's not a, me- look, just because somebody is from the government doesn't mean that they're better than somebody that's from a corporation. Just because somebody's from a corporation doesn't mean that they're, you know, angrier or meaner or nastier than somebody that's in the government. The government doesn't give you magical, doesn't, doesn't bestow magical angelic qualities to people. People are people no matter what. But it's the images that people create when they get together to create these bigger systems that, you know, that at the end of the day, what, what's, nothing is stopping them from, from being the people that they are. It's just our, our perception of what we think is, you know, it's like, well, we need government to make sure that these corporations don't pollute the water. Okay, well, look at Flint, Michigan. They still have polluted water. Remember that, like, it was a couple of years ago, there was, like, a huge crisis of, of polluted water, and, and there, there was lead contamination in the drinking water. Well, I, I thought that the benevolent angel government was supposed to protect us from that, these sorts of things. After all, don't they have a, an annual budget of, like, $7 billion or something like that? I think it's about six six point five or $7 billion. Billion. $7 billion. Can't get the job done. Can't keep water clean. So what happened? Uh, I remember when that happened. Uh, Nestle, Coca-Cola, um, Walmart, they all stepped in and provided clean drinking water to um, the schools and, and people that needed it. But, you know, my point, my point there was that corporations will do bad things. 
Governments will do bad things. People do bad things. Let's not pretend that they won't just because they have a special name or label attached to them, just because they exist in a, in a special designated system that we, that we call government. Oh, okay, because they're in government, they, they will try and do good things for us. But because they're in a corporation, they're probably going to try and take advantage of us. Well, no, people will try and do what people do no matter what. It's, it's our perception of what, we, of what we look at in these systems and, and in these institutions, and we say, oh, okay, well, you know, this, this, this particular thing uh you know it, it, what what's the best way that i could say this it's like um yeah i mean it's just it's just people are going to do what people are going to do no matter what right and that's the shadow side that we have to account for we have to account for how how the human being really is well if we know how people are let's not give them access to the power and especially let's not give them access to unchecked power that will uh that will operate under the guise of doing good and looking out for people, you know? Let's not institutionalize bad behavior of people and say it's okay because there's a smiley face sticker on the front. You know? It's like... People... people I think people would be... Like, if we get rid of government... Right? Let's just say tomorrow government's gone. Well, people fear that, well, there's these massive corporations, they're just going to, you know, have their own way of, you know, police force and these things, and they're just going to take over and they're going to control all of us, and that'll be the end of it. Well, it's like, well, that already happens. You know, there's no, there's no separation between money and power. And money in, in the forms of banks and corporations, and they use the government as their arm to get things done. But we, as people, we look at that and we say, "Well, there's a separation there. Government's supposed to check, you know, the keep these guys in line, but they don't. They don't. That separation is imaginary." It's in it's a figment of our imagination. It's 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 magic. It's like magic that's created that's saying like okay, you know, these people over here are not supposed to associate with these people over here. These people over here are supposed to watch these people over here. Well, if you were if you were in charge of watching uh, you know, the behavior of some people, you know, say you're like watching some kids on a playground or whatever, and some kid came up to you and he was like, hey, listen, I'll give you $1,000 right now. I know my mom told me I wasn't supposed to go down the slide, but I'm going down this slide. I'll give you 1000 bucks. Keep your mouth shut. You're going to be like, okay. <laughs> I mean, most people would say, okay. Yeah, go ahead. And, you know, but there's what we would say, well, you're the, you're supposed to be watching these people. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm watching them and they're watching me. It doesn't matter what classification somebody's in. 
Just because somebody's a policeman doesn't mean that they're a good person. Just because somebody works for the government doesn't mean that they're a good person. Just because somebody works for a corporation doesn't mean that they're an evil person. People are people no matter where they are. And as long as you have people who are desiring domination and control over other people, they're going to get it. And nothing is ever going to stop them. The only thing that can stop them is a well-informed, educated population of people who are free to question, investigate, question, and uh, you know, have the freedom to experiment with their own consciousness and, and do what they wish with it. You know, that's, and, and if the amount of people, the people that listen to this show and shows like this show and people that engage in, in this kind of thinking and experiment with psychedelics and things like that, those are the, the you know, we're, we're a minority. But if more people can be on our side, we have more people waking up, you can't, you can't put the toothpaste back in the, in the tube. You know, once, once there's enough people that are feeling this way, then, then, then something has to change. And that's when real change will happen. Real change never happens from the top down. It always happens from the bottom up. It always happens when, when the people finally say, okay, enough is enough. This is bullshit. We're not going to take it anymore. I just don't think that we're at that point yet right now. I don't think we're at that point yet where people are feeling that heat on them. But, and my fear is that we might not get to that point because we, we might not be, you know, we might be so drugged up and dumbed down and um, you know, depleted and just, just overwhelmed and distracted that we might not even make it to that point. And then, you know, the, the fear of that is that, you know, then these people run away with the world and who the hell knows what kind of hell is coming for us in the future. But, um, but yeah, my hope is that we, that we can prevail, that, that people can, read and research and find out the truth and then do something about it. As Neil Postman says, you know, get this information that we get and then choose to do something about it. Um, anyway, wow, this is a, another one that's uh, a long one, but um, I felt like everything I had to say was, was, pretty, was pretty important. And, you know, as far as as far as like the daily sort of goings on of 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 the politics and all this kind of stuff you know for me it's just i always ask i always keep these fundamental questions in my mind you know who stands the most to gain who stands the most to lose follow the money what's the incentive why would would why would this be happening why are people saying this you know, if the majority of people are going along in one way, it's usually an indicator that maybe something's a little, a little off, you know. If every news station is reporting on the same thing, you can tell that they're, you know, 
the benefit of watching the news is to, is to see see how they spin things, see how what kind of story they tell, see what what they're trying to get people to think, and what what they're trying. You know, they're they're con- they're just trying to sell stuff. What are they trying to sell? What kind of ideas are they trying to sell? And that's the benefit of of watching. So you can see what they're, what are, what they're trying to sell, and then you can say, okay, well. I wonder why. Why are they trying to push this idea? You know? So uh, that's the state of the world today. You know, we're living in, in a really great time right now. We're living in a really transformative time. We have the, we, ha- we, we, each of us holds in the power of our hands, you know, the philosopher's stone. You know, we have, we have this ability to communicate and collaborate and share ideas and educate ourselves endlessly. Now, what are we going to do about it? What direction do we want to turn this ship in? That's where, you know, this is the real question, defining question of our time. How will we shape history from this point moving forward? Will we be the people, you know, you know, the internet has come and it has been the greatest, one of the greatest things ever, but it could also be one of the things that enslaves us more. It could also be our, our demise, right? I mean, the invention of fire was one of the greatest inventions of mankind. We invented fire. Kevin Kelly says that we, we since the invention of fire, we freed up more cognitive space in our brains. We freed up more energy in our bodies. So we didn't have to digest raw meat. We could cook it now. We externalized it. We outsourced our cognition, so to speak. And that led to our evolution. So if we keep inventing tools to liberate us and free up cognitive space and evolve, well, that's great. But at the same time, fire can also burn you, kill you, incinerate you, burn you to a crisp, char you up, burn down your whole village, kill everyone you ever loved, and go completely out of control. So we really, you know, the responsibility is on each and every single one of us of what we decide to consume, what we decide to watch, see, read, how we interpret things, how we act in the world, what we respond to, what we choose to engage with, what we choose to participate in. Everything, every little single thing matters. How voting with our dollar, where we put our money, what we decide, what we say we want more of, what do we want less of. All of these things matter. How we talk, divisiveness, teams, tribalism, what we, it, you know, identifying the real problem, the real culprit, you know, the real, the real threat. Um, so we're living in an amazing time right now, you know, and it's just the beginning. This is the dawn of the internet. This is the dawn of a, of a completely new age. And it doesn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't have to look like us living in some, you know, crazy technopolis where we're, we're living in, in like a, a matrix technology system that takes us over, but we can use technology to serve our human needs. Use technology to, to provide us with the things that, that really fulfill us, that free us up to have more time to go outside and be in nature. Technology that will do th- meaning, you know, menial jobs and menial tasks that 
that we don't want to do, and then we can go and spend our time doing doing other things that are more soul nourishing and fulfilling for us. And I envision a, a a place where we all have the freedom to engage in in ceremonial, ritual, psychedelic use, um, where we have the freedom to come together in communities of like minded people that share. Uh, in in a vision of creating a, a certain kind of uh, uh, community with each other um, voluntarily, uh, having respect for the individual, uh, having dignity for the individual, and and working together to create something much bigger than ourselves uh, that that serves the whole of humanity's heart, soul, spirit, and mind, and and plays to our higher self, to our highest good. And, and as Bill Hicks says, you know, fl- build a rocket ship and fly through the cosmos together. And, you know, that's the, that's the go- that should be the goal here for us, you know. Well, I, uh, I really enjoyed... Uh, talking about all these things. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. And um, I'll be leaving for the jungle. And I'll be talking to you. The next time I talk to you, I'll be in Iquitos, Peru, just outside the Amazon rainforest. The lungs of the earth. Thank you so much again. If you like the show, please, um, you know, if you believe in the things that I'm talking about, if you like the message, if you see that there's value here, Go on iTunes, leave a five-star uh, review, five-star rating if you like. And uh, you know, the more of those reviews and ratings that we get in a short period of time, the, the, uh, the higher the show gets ranked and gets pushed up. It might even get into the what's trending, what's hot section of Apple Podcasts. So uh, go ahead and do that. It would really make my day. We're at 111 right now. It'd be really cool if we can get to like 130 in like a week. That would be awesome. Uh, then we'd shoot up there. That'd be great. Um, and then, uh, and like I said, you don't have to even leave a review. Just go right on your podcast app, go to Mike Adelic and just click five stars. If you think it deserves a five star rating, that would be great. And if you want to go a step further, you could donate a dollar a month on Patreon. You could donate $2 a month. You could donate $3 a month. You could donate $50 a month, whatever you like. Every little bit counts. It helps support the show, helps buy me time so I can think about these things and read and research and uh, communicate what I feel is to be important. Um, that's uh, patreon.com slash Mike Brank. All right. Thank you, everyone. Till next time. Peace.